Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Band of History, something a little bit different. We're going to be doing a review of the new film, Once We Were Brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band. Um, But before we jump into the review, I just want to say we're doing something a little different here. You know, I I said I would offer up a review of the movie. Uh, I'm not a film critic. Um, And, you know, this was kind of hard to write mainly because there's a lot to unpack with this film like there is with the band and I said I'd do it after the film you know I might do a more in-depth review at a later date but we're gonna do something here once we were brothers had its international premiere last night at the Toronto International Film Festival it was executive produced by Martin Scorsese and Ron Howard among others and directed by Canadian filmmaker Daniel Rohr But before I dive into my review, I want to set a few things straight so there's no misconceptions. First, yes, I am friends with the director, Daniel Rohr. I've gotten to know him over the last three months. And while many see this as a bias, uh, I assure you that it will not affect my review. Um, Take that as you will. You know my opinions about the band. I, I try to minimize them in my podcast but I do comment online and it's pretty consistent with what I thought I'd get with this film and what I ended up thinking afterwards. Second, uh, this is a film about Robbie Robertson. He is the main subject. It is based on his memoirs. It isn't inherently only a film about the band or about the band's perspective. And that might rattle a few people, but this is Robbie's side of the story. And you know, the band's a massive part of Robbie's life and um, people are misinterpreting the title and what this movie is about. Uh, And if you wanna read the accounts of some of the other members, uh, Levon's got a great book that you can read. Uh, And you know, I I wish like everybody else that we had books by Garth and Richard and Rick, but unfortunately we don't. There is interviews out there that you can read Uh, that have some great insight and like you I wish there was more third this film will be controversial Uh, you can already see it online mainly because of the fans kind of petty arguments over drama revolving around the band honestly the topic of Levon versus Robbie is exhausting and will never be resolved I get both sides and I take no side and I implore fans to see past this and help herald the band's legacy to their friends, family, and new fans. 
This music is special and regardless of old history, let's do our best as a community to help create a positive front in which onlookers that are new can feel welcome and focus on what is really important, the music. So here's my review of Once We're Brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band. Adapted loosely from Robertson's memoir, Testimony, Once We're Brothers, Robbie Robertson and the band covers Robertson's childhood to his tenure with Ronnie Hawkins, Bob Dylan, and finally the band from the group's early 60s origins through Robbie's final performance with the band in 1976, The Last Waltz. The film poses the question early or the theme about how brotherhood manifest in multiple ways and how is the defining characteristic of Robbie's life. The film features Robbie as a narrator of sorts through his interesting and often hard young life in Toronto, being raised primarily by his mother and his father, whom he didn't know until later was actually his stepfather. This section of the film is really interesting as you're getting a lot more context than I think we've ever seen about Robbie's life. He talks about his mixed heritage, his mother's support, and how he was beaten by his stepfather. The results are very interesting. You have an ambitious kid who has really only a child, finds his way into Ronnie Hawkins' band, and strikes up relationships and brotherhoods with young fellow bandmates, many of them who later ended up in the band. Daniel Rohr, the director, is also an editor on the film, and weaves in a plethora of archival footage. Much has never been seen before, which is very interesting. And the quick pace editing is refreshing, modern, and very different than the typical picture collage of many documentaries today. I really do think this is a new way that we can edit documentaries and it's very cutting edge and it's very modern and it's more interesting to a younger audience. And speaking of Robbie's early days, this film also brings to life the Canadian rock and roll scene in the late 50s and early 60s. You know, you see the CD Toronto, the Young Street, and all the clubs that were there. And we were treated to great interviews with people from that time, like Ronnie Hawkins, who is as sharp as ever, might I add. Uh, he hasn't lost a beat. And not just Ronnie, but throughout the film, we were treated with a star-studded lineup of musicians. You know, often we see Springsteen or Van Morrison, producer John Simon and legendary guitar player and band member wannabe Eric Clapton, who all add their own unique flavor and fill out the various areas of the band's history. You know, Springsteen's really great in this and he really kind of helps distill down what the band's sound is and why it matters. And while we're traveling along this chronological path, we are introduced to each band member you know, of course, we we're only really given archival clips from Levon, Rick, and Richard, as understandably, um, they're not here anymore. Uh, and their recorded interviews are very, you know, low. And the remaining kin and family members don't make an appearance. You know, I'm uncertain as to the extent that the director reached out to the families, but we do know that the band and the band's families in particular, are very private people. I think it would be surprising if you were to ever see them in any film. But it's quite clear outside of Robbie himself, who is the main character, 
The film wants to introduce us to voices that we haven't been giving much attention to. And while Garth isn't interviewed in this film or isn't given a new interview, he himself is often treated as a kind of a main character through archival footage, which is great because Garth is very underrepresented and he's, I think, the most crucial member of the band. He's a glue. He kept it all together. Additionally, we are given the fresh new voice of Robbie's ex-wife, Dominique, his partner for many years and mother to his children. And she offers an interesting new take on Robbie in his life. But Dominique is also an addictions recovery counselor. So she has an interesting kind of therapeutic lens in which she can kind of distill down how, you know, alcoholism and drug abuse affected every member of the band and how uh, they each dealt with it in different ways. You know, of course, Robbie's wife or former wife um, is a bit biased and I don't think there's any hiding in that. So you have to kind of give that context to um, but her insight and interview is, you know, warmly welcomed. Uh, and I think it's something new for uh, any old band fan or any new band fan. And she really helps paint a very vivid picture. And speaking of painting a picture, as mentioned earlier, once we're brothers, editing is really a treat. We're often listening to songs that we love, like The Wade or Caledonia Mission. And we already have kind of connotations or notions about what these songs are about. Roar uses these songs in new ways to explain the stories and feelings of Robertson's life. Take The Wait, for example. We are treated to a lovely montage of Robertson's first child being born. And it's a unique way and it works really well to add meaning, new meaning to old songs. Now, much can be said about what and what didn't make it into the film. You know, Robbie lived more lives and just playing with the Hawks in the band for over 20 years than more people lived their entire lives. But, you know, I would have liked to have seen more time spent unpacking Levon and Robbie. Not because I'm some weird drama freak who wants to, you know, start internet fights, but because this film does talk about Robbie and Levon. And it is a major part of Robertson's life. And this was a chance to potentially air it out. And for a film that started so lighthearted and uppity, we are brought to this topic. And it is the most powerful section, in many ways, in an extended sequence, which deals with the whole estrangement between the two. And ends the film with this incredible performance of the night they drove old Dixie down, which really kind of gives Levon the last word uh, in this film through this amazing performance. And regardless of any prejudice you may have about any of this, this sequence will bring you to tears. As someone who loves this music, uh, it was very emotional. Um, and even if I don't know these guys personally, you do feel like in this film, you're kind of given an in on that. And it really makes you want to bring these two old friends back together and to patch it up. Now, Robbie seems hesitant to restart the fire around this topic, uh, even when discussing it. And at his age and in his stage in his career, I'm not sure I would either. You clearly, at least in my mind, see the guilt and perhaps from Robbie, you know, how sad he was at how everything played out. 
I think everybody said stuff that they didn't want to say or said it without really thinking about the consequences on every side. Because these guys were his bandmates, but they were his brothers. Um, you can tell that by listening to the music. Uh, that should tell you everything you need to know. Could he have done something differently? You know, that's not explicitly stated in the film, but I think the connotation is definitely there. And I don't think you need to really kind of say that. And, you know, I don't think Robbie needs to come out and say it explicitly. Um, but rather, I think the film does a really good job at kind of unpacking that. Again, we're brought back to that question posed in different ways throughout the film, brotherhood, and how that can manifest in different ways. Really, what I can gather is it wasn't perfect. Robbie's life, his relationships, and there was hurt and frustration. These guys went through kind of three revolutions of music and living, and they lived hard lives for a lot of that. And uh, I think they did some beating up to themselves and to others. One particular sequence that we're given at the beginning of the film is we see a present day Robbie in the studio working on new music, including a song that is the namesake of the film. And the lyrics discuss essentially how this kind of brotherhood all went up in flames and how everybody was supposed to kind of take a break and wander back together, but never did. And I think really that kind of caps it off uh, regarding Robbie and the band. But overall, this film is a great resource for new fans or people interested in Robbie and his contributions to music. Does it break new ground for diehard fans? No, but we are given some amazing footage of Robbie and Richard and Rick and Levon and a bunch of other people from the era. And like this podcast in many ways, I don't think the aim of it is for the diehard fan. I think it is really for people to discover. The footage is breathtaking and uh, the editing is exceptional. Uh, bravo to everybody involved. You know, documentaries are hard to make, uh, especially a documentary about a band who isn't commercial as the Beatles or the Rolling Stones or a guy like Robbie who is, you know, a great guitar player, but again, doesn't have that commercial power of say a Keith Richards or a George Harrison. So the fact that we're getting this film is I think really special and above all, this film is a great portrait of a Toronto kid, a Canadian kid who became a star and did it his own way, regardless of what anybody thought. So that was my review. Um, I hope I did a good job. Let me know. I'm sure there will be tons of people who hate it, but um, you know, I had a great experience watching this movie. Um, and you know, no movie's perfect, uh, but I think this is a pretty good entry into the band canon. Um, in big news, this movie got picked up for distribution uh, worldwide by Magnolia. So, you know, there's no firm plans yet, but from what I'm hearing, this film will get a wide release in early 2020. So everybody who's been asking me online about how they can view this film or when is it coming to a theater near them, uh, just wait a little bit longer and that will spill out. I think we'll probably get cool things like trailers and posters and a bunch of other stuff. And you can see it in your local cinemas. It will be streaming online too at some point. Um, one of the co-producers of this film and financers of this film is uh, Bell Media in Canada. And they have a streaming platform called Crave, which is excellent if you're Canadian. Uh, and it'll definitely be there. 
Thank you again for listening to my review. I expect a new episode of the BAM podcast dropping tomorrow. Take care. Tempting snack. Are you sick and tired of movie review shows that are just missing something? Do you need more history? Do you need more laughs? Do you need more meandering, insane ramblings than most movie shows provide? Well, then I've got the show for you Real Rock, with me, the rock and roll reverend Andy King. On Real Rock, we look to dissect rock and roll movies from not only a historical view, but also through a critical and oftentimes personal view. Every episode of Real Rock is a little different, with occasional parodies, sometimes special guests, and a lot of unhinged rants. So pass the popcorn, pass the vape, and hit the lights. We're going to the movies. Listen to Real Rock wherever you catch your pods. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.